We are back with more. It's hashtag tools of type ones on Instagram, the tools of type ones episodes on the diabetics doing things podcast. Episode six, Alicia Bynum. She's an emergency medical technician from Los Angeles, California. She's been T1D for nine years. She's an awesome resource for fitness and T1D and an awesome source of inspiration for anybody who's ever fielded questions about how they don't look like they have diabetes. And she goes into detail about what that's like and how she answers those questions and comments. Give her a follow on Instagram at AA underscore Bynum, B-Y-N-U-M, to connect with her some more. Her tool is I'm me and will continue to be me. And she talks about how her mindset to stay herself in spite of diabetes really influenced how she lives her life. I can't wait for you to hear more straight from the source. Here she is. It's episode six, hashtag tools of type ones, the tools of type ones podcast on diabetics doing things, Alicia Bynum. My name is Alicia Bynum and I'm from Los Angeles, California. I've been type one diabetic since age 23. So for about nine years now, I'm an emergency medical technician for the Los Angeles County EMS Department. My hobbies include drawing, people watching, and reading. I actually love to read. I have an affinity for books about psychology and articles that attempt to delve into the mind and try to explain the reasoning behind some of our innermost thoughts. Those are among my favorite. My somewhat of an area of expertise with diabetes is that I'm an athletic individual who successfully manages this disease while still fully engaging in the sport that I love. I hope that that inspires and motivates other type 1 diabetics to not view this disease as an insurmountable, life-altering sentence, but rather as a challenge, uh, much like one would face when attempting a new PR, which is personal record in weightlifting, or something similar to trying to perfect a jump shot. It takes a little patience and some trial and error at times, but with perseverance, you'll excel at navigating through life with this illness. What is your tool of type 1s? And what's the one thing that a person living with T1D could learn from you or your experience? My tool of type 1 diabetes is that I am me. So before I was diagnosed with diabetes, I was Alicia and I'll continue to be Alicia with this disease. I refuse to allow diabetes to dictate my every move or to have this disease play such an integral role in my life that I subconsciously introduce it to the world before I introduce myself. I see some diabetics on Instagram and other social media outlets with real catchy screen names that allude to them having type 1 diabetes. It's actually really unique and creative, I think. Uh, but then you go to their page and you see more pictures of their monitors displaying their blood glucose reading or images of their insulin pump device. You see more of that than you actually see of them experiencing and enjoying life. And I'm not criticizing anyone uh, teach his own. I just always believe that it's very, very important to place more significance on what makes you, you and doing what you love without allowing diabetes to disrupt or overshadow that. Uh, we can all definitely learn something from one another. I know I've learned a substantial amount of information from uh, the different diabetics that I've encountered within the type 1 diabetic community. So with that being said, if anyone's to take anything from me, it would be to not give diabetes the leading role in your life. 
Uh, this disease definitely takes a backseat to all the wonderful things that encompass my life. Um, of course, I have to be mindful of it always, but it's not something that uh, take center stage. So I encourage all type 1 diabetics just to enjoy uh, what you love and enjoy what makes life beautiful uh, for you without allowing diabetes to, to take control of that. What is the simplest thing you've done that has helped you with the management of your type 1 diabetes? Where did you learn it or who showed it to you? Well, I've been working on building my cardiovascular endurance lately. I've been trying really, really hard um, to get my cardio up there. I've been doing a lot of running and aerobic exercise, and I started struggling with lows. So one day I was at the gym lifting, and I met another type 1 diabetic woman by the name of Mary Lynn. Uh, Since then, we've developed a very good friendship, and we share with each other from time to time the issues that we face uh, being type 1 diabetic. So she told me she was struggling with uh, lifting weights and uh, going high all the the time she was trying to figure out how to prevent that um, and I told her I was having issues with the lows after my running uh, so we shared with each other our methods of uh, combating these issues and she told me that what works best for her uh, during aerobic conditioning is that she would eat two graham crackers squares and uh, some peanut butter about an hour before running and she do a 50% basil And I've tried this and it's worked extremely well. So now I don't see the lows that I was seeing before um, where I would drop to about 50, 60 and then I would have to stop and eat something and then wait and wait and, you know, couldn't do anything until I get back up to a decent number. Now I don't see any of that. So I really have her to thank uh, for this method because it's, it's really been extremely helpful in um, helping with my aerobic exercise. What failures or apparent failures with T1D have made you better at living the rest of your life or made you more well-rounded as a person? When I was first diagnosed with diabetes, I was not compliant with the treatment. This was all because I was in complete denial about having the disease. I was 23 at the time. I was really fit. I worked out every day. I ate a really healthy diet. I was lacto-oval vegetarian, and I felt like I had good control over my health. So the diagnosis really blindsided me. Um, Once I somewhat began to accept the disease, I started using it to manipulate and control my weight, and I developed diabulimia. So diabulimia is an eating disorder, and much like all other eating disorders, it's all about control. So I had a fairly good working knowledge of diabetes at this point in my life, and I knew what I needed to do to be healthy. I just simply chose not to do it. So developing this eating disorder from diabetes has really helped to open my eyes to other issues that I neglected to properly deal with, which threatened my health. There came a point when I sat down and I thought to myself, Here I am blasting my sugar to critical high limits. I could barely see most times. I was seeing spots or my vision was always blurred at that point in my life. I couldn't run anymore, um, which was something I love. I had to give up working out and I was ultimately putting putting my body through uh, extremely uncomfortable and dangerous conditions for the sole purpose of controlling my weight. 
And that's when I realized I had bigger issues to deal with. So I began digging. Uh, Diabetes really helped me to uncover uh, something that I had a problem with for years, but it brought it to the forefront, so to speak, and forced me to take steps to correct the problem at its core. Uh, This has been one of the most challenging yet rewarding experiences that I've been through. So now I'm no longer uh, diabolemic. I don't use diabetes to manipulate or control my weight, Um, but it's really helped Overcoming this has really helped me to put everything else um, in perspective and get control of a lot of other um, issues in my life. What unusual or absurd opinion or approach regarding your diabetes do you have? Well, what might seem as an absurd approach would be that I tend to use my diet and my fitness regimen as primary treatment of my diabetes, and I consider the insulin secondary. Now, of course, I'm dependent upon insulin because I'm a type 1 diabetic, so I have to take it every day, but I find that when my diet is in order and I exercise regularly, it allows me to control my diabetes a lot better and it reduces the amount of insulin that I have to use on a daily basis because as we know um, your body's more receptive to insulin um, when you exercise and the amount of insulin you need is reduced when you're eating a healthy diet so my diet consists mainly of proteins and I'll eat just enough carbs to sustain daily activity and of course I'll bump it up a little bit on days that I'm uh, physically active Um, This allows me to manage everything and not have to fret about my sugar being too high or constantly be concerned about it going too low. Uh, This, it has really allowed me to be in a place where, of course, I think about diabetes 24-7 because it's something that has to be on your mind, but I'm not constantly... Uh, worried or concerned about it being all out of whack. What's your favorite thing? What gets you to smile or laugh almost every time? One of my favorite things is to hang out with my niece, Soraya. She's eight years old and she loves to paint, draw, and she's currently learning how to cook and bake. So whenever I come over, she's like, guess what, Auntie Alicia, I haven't been eating any candies. I haven't been baking any cookies. You know, I don't want to get diabetes like you have. And me and my sister just laugh and my sister motions to me to go along with it. So I tell her, you know, I'm really proud of you for eating healthy and it's good that you stay away from all the cookies and junk food. And then we go grab frozen yogurt. I try to convince myself that that's somewhat healthy since it's yogurt. But I always have a good time when I'm around her. It's always a good laugh. Children are so Uh, inquisitive and curious about the world around them. She's always asking me a lot of questions about fitness. Uh, Whenever she sees me doing uh, workouts around the house, Uh, she's into gymnastics right now. So she's always trying to get me to to do a handstand with her. (laughs) It's always a good time whenever I I hang out with my niece, Soraya. So that's one of the uh, things that always puts a smile on my face. In the last five years, what new adjustment to your lifestyle has improved your life with diabetes the most? 
Within the last three years, I began wearing the Medtronic pump, the Mini Med 630. And at first, I was a little skeptical about wearing it because I didn't want something like that um, visible or out on display for other people to see. But this is where I'm extremely grateful for the other type 1 diabetics that I met online. And uh, just while I've been out and about and through other people, because uh, they wear it proudly. And I really learned from their example to not... Uh, worry so much about, you know, what other people would think or, you know, be, other people ask me questions about my pump or anything. I, I really learned from them how not to let that uh, bother me. So I started wearing the pump and it's made managing my diabetes a lot easier uh, because it delivers a more accurate uh, insulin dose than if I were to just, um, you know, insert myself with insulin uh, via syringe or the pins that they have. And recently, uh, just a few months ago, I think in July, I started wearing a CGM device. And this has uh, really, really helped um, me in treating my lows and catching my highs. And it's really been um, a lifesaver. So especially uh, when I'm going on like intense or workouts or I have, you know, another hour left to go to some of my, um, you know, cardio or anything, I can constantly, you know, check and see where my sugar's at and then make corrections as I go. So the CGM device has um, really been a lifesaver for me. It's it's a godsend for all uh type one diabetics who are athletic, I really, really suggest, um, if you don't, not comfortable with the pump, at least get a CGM device. What challenges related to T1D did you encounter or have to overcome while you were doing your thing? One of the challenges that I face with type 1 diabetes while strength training is spikes in blood sugar. Now, I'm sure all type 1 diabetics who lift weights are very familiar with this annoyance. So whenever you do anaerobic exercise, it tends to cause an increase in glucose levels because when you lift, you burn glycogen within the muscles, which causes the liver to release it from its stores to replenish the muscles. Uh, The stress of strength training also causes the body to release epinephrine, which in turn causes a release in glucagon, which is basically a hormone that breaks down glycogen to glucose in the liver. So all of this equates to increase in blood sugar. I learned to combat this by trying to prepare myself for the sugar spikes by aiming to get my blood glucose between 100 and 120 range about 30 minutes prior to me lifting weights. What bad advice regarding diabetes do you see or hear that you'd like to address? Something I've heard often is that if I cut out carbs or if I eliminate all refined sugar from my diet, that I'll be cured of type 1 diabetes. I've even come across some books that suggest there exists a herbal remedy that can cure type 1 diabetes. Now, I've always lived by Hippocrates' quote, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So I'm a strong believer that what we eat plays a vital role in disease prevention and it can also act as a healing agent. What we take in can ultimately work for us or against us depending on what those food choices are. But in the case of diabetics, my pancreas does not make insulin at all. 
type 1 diabetics, pancreas doesn't make insulin at all. And insulin is a hormone that all humans are dependent upon in order for us to utilize the food that we take in for energy. So while I can substantially lessen my chances of experiencing complications from diabetes by eating a healthy diet, unfortunately, I'm still going to be dependent on taking insulin injections for the rest of my life. There currently exists no cure for type 1 diabetes, uh, there's no herbal remedy that will jumpstart my pancreas miraculously. I wish that were the case, but no, they're all type 1 diabetics are dependent upon insulin. What priority are you focusing on in your own life currently? This can be diabetes related or not. I'll break this down into professional and personal goals that I'm currently focusing on. For professional, my ultimate goal is to become a firefighter. So every day I train physically and I continue to prepare myself mentally for that role. Now, I'm also considering going to paramedic school at the end of next year, uh, which will help me obtain the goal of being a firefighter. For my personal goals, they all center around character growth and development. I've been on a journey of self-discovery, which has been truly an enlightening venture, to say the least. Uh, One of my favorite books at this moment is Timothy Ferris's Tribe of Mentors. And in this book, he interviews some of today's brilliant minds to see what methods they employ for success. And something that struck out to me was his interview with Debbie Millman. Uh, She's the host of a award-winning podcast, Design Matters, and she's also hailed as one of the most influential designers uh, working today. Now, in this interview, he asked her uh, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that she's ever made. And now she replied that Uh, the best investment she's ever made is psychoanalytical psychotherapy. And she basically said that it's a good investment because it helps you uh, get to know who you are better. It helps you understand who you are and why you do the things that you do. And this can uh, help you get over bad habits um, so that you can live a, a happier, more fulfilling, more peaceful life. And this is something that um, is truly valuable. So I've currently been looking into this and just a lot of different methods to uh, help me become the person that I'd like to become. And just digging through my past to find out why I currently do some of the things that I do and, you know, some of the bad habits that I have. So it's all been uh truly eye-opening experience, to say the least. And it's one of the uh, best ventures I've been on thus far. Who is someone that you look up to and what have they taught you? How do you apply that to your life? One person that I look up to is my mother. I learned so many things from her, but I think one of the most important things that I learned from her was how to be compassionate and selfless. I believe that's the main reason why I enjoy being a first responder so much. Not only do I get to help someone in their dire time of need, like when we're running code three, which is emergency 911 calls, but I also have the pleasure of learning from some of the patient's own life experience when talking to them. So it's truly a rewarding career. And one of the reasons why I'm very successful at it is because of the values that my mother instilled in me at a young age. 
What are you most hopeful for? This can be diabetes related or not. I realized that a lot of people tend to stop me and ask me about fitness. At least two to three people a day uh, will inquire about my fitness regimen or compliment my physique. Uh, but when they see my pump, my Medtronic pump or my CGM device, uh, they'll ask me what the device is. And once I tell them that it's for my diabetic therapy, they look really surprised and puzzled. And then I get responses like, how? You look so healthy or you're so jacked. You can't be, you can't be diabetic. You can't have diabetes. So I've come to the realization that um, a lot of people's perception of this disease is that uh, you're going to look decrepit and unhealthy uh, because they're under the assumption that it's it's a death sentence that you can't really do anything about except for you know just manage up until the time that it starts uh, picking away at you slowly so what I'm most hopeful for is that people's whole perception about this disease really changes. It's not a death sentence. Um, There certainly are ways that you can prevent type 2 diabetes. Unfortunately, type 1, you can't, there's no cure for that. You can't prevent that, but you can manage it and still live a healthy, happy life and not look like you're dying on the outside. I know a lot of type 1 diabetics who successfully manage this disease and they don't even look like they have type 1 diabetes like like I do. So um, I, I want people's uh, whole insight about this to really, really change and for them to not necessarily look at it as something negative. I mean, it really does uh, suck because you have to take care of it 24 7 but it's not the worst thing in the world and you can you can really live a happy healthy life with this disease as long as you manage it well uh everything everything will be okay what advice would you give someone who has t1d and is trying to pursue a career in your line of work The best advice I could give someone with type 1 diabetes who is currently pursuing a career as a first responder is to manage your stress level. This is very important because there are times in this line of work when it can be very, very stressful. And as we all know, stress can have a negative effect on diabetes. So learning how to manage it is crucial to being successful at this job. Also, don't take the work home with you. This one is really hard because there are moments when we get calls that are very distressing and they tend to play on your heartstrings, if you will, and you're left thinking about that situation long after the call's been completed. So it's definitely an acquired skill that takes some time, but it's necessary that you learn to leave what goes on while you're on duty at the station and not take it home with you. Now, that's advice for uh, not only diabetics, but anyone who's looking to pursue a career in this line of work. What's the one facet or trait that you think makes you uniquely you? Explain why. What makes me uniquely who I am is that I am an extremely compassionate person and I tend to empathize with those around me, which is one of the main reasons why I became a first responder um, and I have aspirations of becoming a firefighter. Now, I also pride myself in being uh, very honest um, to the point to where I'm a little blunt sometimes 
um, because I like being transparent with other people. Now, this is something that uh, can be seen as uh, negative. So it's been misinterpreted at times as being, um, you know, not too positive. So what I've come to realize is that it doesn't really matter um, what I do and with what intended outcome I do it with because it's all left to the perception of the other person. And that's really the only thing that matters. So in knowing this, um, I've really been working on um, my delivery with certain things and uh, just trying to uh, think ahead of time, um, you know, what I say and how it may be perceived uh, by others, even though I always have the best of intentions. Uh, sometimes it's not, it doesn't always come across that way. So I've really been uh, working on that. Um, and there's nothing like self-realization. I know, you know, there's a lot of things that um, everybody can fix uh, within themselves. And these are just a few things that I realize I need to, you know, work on and get in line. Thank you for listening to the Tools of Type 1's podcast on diabetics doing things. I'm Rob Howe, and every Tuesday and Thursday in 2019, we are posting the next Tools of Type 1 episode. So follow us on Instagram, hashtag Tools of Type 1's, or just on diabetics doing things. We will post these regularly every Tuesday, every Thursday. My favorite Type 1's are answering the questions I want to know the answers to. And hopefully you'll learn a few things as well. If you like this episode, be sure to review us on iTunes. Uh, And if you didn't like it, uh, go ahead and let me know that too. I want to know. All the feedback is good to me. Thanks again for your time. I value that more than anything you could possibly give me. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.